Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank Recording So uh, sometimes when you have a small dog, uh, they like to play with uh, toys which have noises in them. I will briefly uh, ask Alyssa <laughs> to uh, hold her from her favorite toy. Alyssa, could, could you to sit on your, I don't, that's not a long-term solution, putting her on your lap. She's a dog who likes to move. Okay. <laughs> For now, if she picks it up again, do you mind moving her to the bedroom? Oh, dear. Okay. It's her favourite toy. It is her favourite <laughs> toy. <laughs> I hate Uncle Jeremy. <laughs> he keeps calling me a boy, and he keeps... Uh, he keeps swinging me my favourite toy off. Right. Okay. I assume you have something. Of course, Jeremy. Don't worry. Jamie, do you know that the government is lying to you? Do you know, sheeple, alright, have you ever thought about the fact that in actuality everything is being controlled by the super state and that the super state secretly might be working with the aliens? Okay, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought that we all died in 2012? Have you ever thought that maybe this podcast is set in the moment right before we are all extinguished in 2012 and this is taking part in the memory of an autistic child? Have you ever thought about that, Jamie? Huh? Huh? Jamie, Jamie, you've got to see through the looking glass. What are you thinking, Jamie? Think, just work with me here. Uh, I mean, you're, you are asking me if I've ever considered any of those things. Uh, and considering uh, I wrote a show... Uh, a one-man show that was average, uh, all about a man who believed the earth was flat and believed in various different conspiracy theories. And not only did I work on that show, uh, you helped me work on that show. And I believe we um, uh, we, we workshopped titles for quite a long time. <laughs> Probably about 50% of the time we spent working on that show was working on titles. Uh, of course, ending up on uh, the title You, Me and the Illuminati. Uh, but um, yes, yes, I am. I am aware of all of those things, Alexander. I have... I have uh, gone deep into uh, not necessarily my own belief of those things, but uh, certainly research um, uh, and and uh, inquisitive thoughts uh, around it. Um, but are you telling me that uh, now, uh, post uh, oh how how long we've been going for this thirteen months, fifteen months of lockdown, or how long this has been? Uh, you have finally seen beyond the looking glass. Uh, Jamie, it's not lockdown that made me do it, alright? All these sheeple who believe that the COVID vaccine uh, was uh, designed to implant microchips in their head, they're thinking too small, baby. I've watched Don Peyote, and it has broadened <laughs> my mind to the wealth of possibilities. And so, Jamie, I ask you a, a, a question. Uh, ignore the yep. screaming in the background, Jamie. <laughs> That's just a small dog terrorizing someone. Shut up, Siri. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, this is leaning even further into... The, the corporations are listening it's to you, Alexander. They're trying to listening. interrupt you. You're so close. I was just going to ask, what is your favorite conspiracy theory? Uh, what is my favorite conspiracy theory? Um, that is uh, a difficult one. Um, I'm, I'm always a fan of... Um, 
when when you take you know your standard uh, conspiracy theories like say the illuminati or any general understanding uh, of you know there, there's there's a secret level of power that is actually running all of society and you can sort of see the connection between sort of uh, disillusions that you might have with real life that might take you to you know some level of believing there's some level of, of higher power that is controlling things you can see that through line but it's then taking that and going but these people are also actually lizards now that's where you lose me and that's where i think it's brilliant i think it's it's fantastic to to make a relatively logical you know i'm not saying i believe in the illuminati but i can see i can see the logic behind coming to those sorts of conclusions and going you know what i've been walking to the edge of this bridge for a little while and now i'm going to suplex myself off of it uh, and just leap past any level of logic uh, that was uh, potentially clinging to your brain uh, what is your favorite conspiracy theory alexander my favorite conspiracy theory uh at the moment it kind of changed day by day i do of course <laughs> like the lizard one i do like the idea that people think the, the queen is a lizard as a yep. as a staunch Republican that does uh, warm the cockles of my soul, all right? We should feed that to the British public to encourage them to rise up against uh, the Queen, an 80-year-old, 90-year-old <laughs> woman, just, like, take her. I, I reckon we could take her, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my actual favourite one at the moment is uh, I had a colleague who, on his uh, kind of fifth day of work, had already proved himself to be a bit of a right-wing nut job. And I, I, I you know, lovable guy, awful opinions on everything. Um, nice. One of which was he one day came in. If he's listening to this, hi. Um, but one of which was he came in on uh, like the maybe like his second week with an entire like big box of San Pellegrino fizzy water. And I went, mm-hmm. oh, what's that for? And he went, oh, I, it's, it's the only water I drink. And I went, that's weird. Why is that the only water you drink? And he went, you know, fluoride. And I went, the stuff that protects your teeth. And he went, well, you know, it uh, it reduces your testosterone. And I went, what? And he went, well, have you ever noticed that ever since they put fluoride in the water, men's testosterone levels have been going down? And I went, you don't think that has anything to do with the fact that everyone's working a desk job and doesn't move all day and it's not a hunter-gatherer anymore? <laughs> and he went, oh, you never brought in what's happening to men. Oh, you built and that, this man is so dehydrated now because you, because he was only drinking this and now he had to do it in secret. He was stealing away to the to the cupboard to find any form of hydration so as not to be mocked so cruelly by you, Alexander. To be fair, this guy was absolutely ripped, so it, the dehydration just meant he got shredded. Uh, okay, he got yeah, like, yeah. shredded. <laughs> He's got a, a good uh, a good career ahead of him in Hollywood. Then I did see one. Uh, Instagram earlier today uh, and you know maybe this is true but even if it is I don't give a shit um, that was just like oh you should stop burning candles um, and then it was the classic like went through all of like oh a candle has this chemical and this chemical and this chemical and I don't care whether it's true it just very much struck me as that thing where they try to use sciencey words to back up their very obvious fake science but the thing that struck me is she started by going oh burning a candle for an hour is the same for your lungs as smoking one cigarette and I was like it's not that much damage, to be honest. Smokers smoke a lot of cigarettes every day for many years. And God, like if I had, if that's what I had to do, I'd have to be burning a candle just fucking twenty four seven to be coming anywhere close to the damage of smoking on my lungs. Uh, so I, I very much enjoyed that. There was, oh, you shouldn't be burning candles because of all this fake science, but also because 
oh, you might be one twentieth of damage as a smoker. Um, anyway, Alexander, I can't actually tell how long we're into this uh, podcast because we did spend uh, a minute of the beginning of the recording wrangling your dog, uh, and uh, it has been uh, ineffective. Jamie, you spent a minute before this podcast insulting my dog. All right, I want this known <laughs> to the listeners. Uh, not only no, 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 no. I have cu- I have cut it out. I've struck in it from the record. <laughs> <laughs> not only did he continue to insist that Gus is apparently a boy's name for a dog and not a girl's name. Who's ever heard of something like that, JB? He also then insulted her favourite toy, which you might be able to hear in the background right now. Uh, yeah, it, it adds so much to the soundscape of this podcast. What, what, were, what was I possibly thinking? All I was trying to say is that this is probably the longest I've ever gone without saying hello! Blank Spank, Season 2, The Hathaway Stash Away, the show where we're chronologically reviewing Anne Hathaway's entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al! Sheeple. Am I Al Gillespie? How can you trust that because of my government-authorized ID card? Idiot. Alright, you never looked into it yourself, sheeple. Okay, I did. <laughs> you, know, you know how we have the cold open? Or whatever yeah. you want to call it, the bit before I do that thing. And and it's it's normally to separate your opening bit from the rest of the show. And I can't help but notice that regularly these days, you take this opportunity to just continue the opening bit. I feel like it creates a nice separation. We can move on, do our regular banter at the top. You know, maybe we don't want to talk about this film for a little bit longer. I understand that. But maybe I have other things to talk about. And I feel like I've created a nice little separation zone of Al gets his bit we separate it out we say hello and then i can do something and you're just like no my bit's carrying on baby <laughs> alexander last week uh we record we were recording uh a little bit in advance as i was on holiday last week uh and and we speculated a little bit in last episode uh about uh, a certain sporting competition uh, that might be happening uh, at, at around time of record we didn't know uh, necessarily was shortly after uh, pardon? The curling. Not not the curling, no. A little bit bigger than that. Uh, and we had speculated, uh, you know, well, we're not we speculated, we discussed, as it had happened at the time, a, uh, you know, a friendly competition that happened between our two nations of England and Scotland. Uh, and then, you know, we, we friend, yeah, just discussed what might happen between when we recorded uh, and, and when the episode came out. And, and well, given recent um, developments in said sporting event, uh, there is a... a Traditional song of my people. <laughs> the, the well, white men with red faces screaming at TV. <laughs> A protected uh, class well, in England. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's us and the goths. Uh, you can't hate Grimus anymore. Um, uh, but I would uh, I would just like to pray silence so that so that I can uh, revel you with with the song of my people. It's coming home, it's coming home, tell the world it's coming home, made the Germans wash away, fucked Ukraine yesterday, I know my trophy awaits, even one on my birthday, it's coming home, it's coming home, tell the world it's coming and I don't have any more. Now, now I, I have some questions. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I know, obviously, as we've established here uh, in this kind of post-apocalyptic uh, hellscape that is uh, the world we live in, demolished by aliens, uh, yep. that uh, white men with red faces screaming at the football, uh, is now a protected class. And so I don't want yes. you to take this the wrong way, okay? 
Um, yep. uh, I always thought the tune to It's Coming Home was It's Coming Home, It's Coming Home. It's did I did I have that wrong for years? Because I don't know. I I can't be honest. I don't watch much football, so I don't um, really know the tune. I assume it's, I was wrong, and it is. It's coming home, which is strangely like low key for uh, like a football stadium. All right, like your team wins, and then everyone suddenly goes, "It's coming." No, I got it's coming. Alexander, home. It's all, coming all I will home. say is. Um, Hello and welcome to the joke. Yes, I was I was setting up for you to expect me to be singing the actual song, which, as you've referenced, is it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming. That's the actual song. And what I did was it was a little, you know, switch and reverse, an uno reverso, if you might say, uh, and instead came with my own parody uh, mm-hmm. of uh, Diddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, did I think it's by Diddy? Um, uh, Coming home, featuring Skylar Grey. Uh, obviously, I was parodying the the Skylar Grey opening of that, which is um, "I'm coming home." Uh, no. So, so I have, I have, I have, I have done a nice little parody song, something that I am known to do on that this podcast. That's true. I, 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 so I, I love the energy. All right, I love the energy. I have a second question. All right, okay. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, why do people insist that it's it's coming home when clearly, if anything, football's home is like continental Europe? Like you know, just just by fact uh, of us not winning. Uh, no, ever, well, I mean, know, I mean, do you want to have the actual argument? No, we invented the sport, Alexander. That's what. Oh, that's okay. why we are. Okay. That is sure. why we are the sure. home of football. So, we, we, uh, so, so that counts. So it's not like I don't know. It got divorced from us, uh, you know, like a couple, like a hundred years ago, <laughs> and decided that it just wanted to live amongst you know the warmer climates in Germany. Well, yes, yes, it, it has. It, it it's made that choice. It has gone away. Hence, why it is now coming home it, it has spent a very long time away it said it was going out for cigarettes and and it never came back uh and and since then we have been uh heralding the the um prophetic return of football uh to its home uh-huh uh-huh and and every time we sang it it came home right because i know we sang it before yes i know we've sang it yeah, before yeah, yeah. and every and, time and it's come home and absolutely, of course, uh, we should be very clear, Alexander, that when any Englishman sings that song, they are being fully sincere. Mm-hmm. They they absolutely mean it. Yes. They fully believe in, yes. in the team's ability to bring it home. Uh, it is not a song written by two comedians that is completely tongue-in-cheek. Uh, and in fact, uh, of any nation, uh, of any footballing stature, uh, we are probably, in fact, the most negative of any uh, that has any oh, level of oh, success. You mean, you mean uh, no, like, no, that's not at all true. None of that's true. When you, we say you it's mean, coming you mean home, not, absolutely you, true. So we don't have like a cabinet-level minister who told fans to boo the uh, national team and is now trying to claim that people should support the national team after they're winning. Yes, that, that's, yes no, that's none of that thing. is happening. Um, we we um, we do not have uh, a, a prime minister uh, who is uh, using a 50 meter by 40 meter flag uh, outside of his uh, residence uh, that also has an advert for a banking society on it. Uh, none of those things are happening. That's, it's good uh, it that is we're just selling, simply we're not selling that out. No, 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 not at all. We're not using nationalism uh, yeah. to to if, uh, sell our, our political ideas. Do you not think? Do you think the prime minister of the Great Britain and Northern Ireland, uh, in the case where I don't know, and wouldn't, we're not saying it would happen, but that Scotland got to the quarterfinals, would put a giant Scottish flag outside of uh, his residence, or do you think it's uh, maybe just because he sees himself as the prime minister of England and forgets about the rest? Well, 
Well, uh, that, that's all very possible. I do think uh, in a hypothetical situation where um, said prime minister uh, did do such a thing uh, and, and laid out a, a massive Scottish flag and then stood on top of it, uh, I believe our media uh, uh, would probably... Uh, rightfully point out that you probably shouldn't stand on a flag uh, mm, that that's kind that's of a, a thing that you really shouldn't that laying a flag out on the ground and then standing on top of it is in fact a, if you want to imagine the flag as a, an important national signal symbol something you really shouldn't do uh, but obviously that would be completely consistent with the fact that he also was called out for that doing it with the English flag of course absolutely. he was absolutely called out for doing the exact same disrespectful thing uh, to a pointless national symbol uh, that he proclaims to be so important can I ask? What about the flags on? Yeah. Actually, I guess flags are in, are sort of inherently nationalist in that they like are yes, the, they, the rep- they the represent nation a nation. Yeah. Yes, but not necessarily a bad like it's nationalist in a way which is not inherently like fascistic, which is sort of the undertone of most nationalism. But yeah, interesting yeah. point there, Jenny. Um, <laughs> I I I, uh, I I'm really lost before, in in, in about quick, five layers quickly, of irony now. Very quickly, yep, yeah, before, one, and obviously this is all happening in uh, you know while we were talking about it, we didn't say the event, but it, it, it's of course uh, 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 spaceball. Uh, yes, it's, it's you know look the aliens have come and the uh, yep. England national spaceball team, which is uh, our team of like warriors, we're training to yep. take on the aliens uh, in like spaceball. It's very, it's yeah, like yeah. football. Yeah, but it, 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 it's almost identical to football, uh, just slightly less gravity, yeah. uh, which means the bicycle kicks are way cooler. It's like, um, but but um, other than that, yeah, pretty, actually, pretty, pretty one to one. Fun fact the rule is you can only kick if it's a bicycle kick. Like a goal only oh, yeah, counts yeah, if it's a bicycle kick. I was just going to ask before we move on to talking about this film um, when it comes Do to ways to? to treat a flag. Uh, which yeah. is the most disrespectful, all right? So I'm going to walk okay. you through. So, for example, if you walk by the English flag and you don't cry, yeah. is that disrespectful? Uh, I, I would I would say on the scale of disrespect, uh, pretty low. Uh, but it's de- it's definitely... F- it's definitely not fully on the respectful side. No, it's it's, it's absolutely if, if this is a pendulum, uh, it's definitely it's definitely moving a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's uh, okay okay. So I like that I like that. So standing on the English flag, where, where we put that? Sta- yes, yeah, that sta- no standing on the English flag, absolutely fine, uh, as long as it is to uh, advertise for a uh, building society. Good that in Good in any other situation, in any other situation, obviously horrible, um, but specifically uh, to uh, further your ties to uh, a group of money-grabbing douchebags who are ruining our society absolutely fine mm-hmm. and burning the english flag a uh, favorite pastime of the scottish but, but yes uh, you know. uh well well i do have to question alexander um how much money am i earning specifically uh by burning this flag is this sponsored by someone um <laughs> I, I, I ha- you know who who is sponsoring it how how amoral are they and how little do i care well i guess i guess if nationwide is sponsoring the flag in a trample on it only makes sense for it to be the royal bank of scotland uh, is sponsoring you to burn the english flag oh no 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 i i will i will refuse to be associated with scotland uh, and in fact we must stop this right now and move on to talk about don piotr film this week <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh, have we wasted enough time, Alexander? <laughs> oh, guys, guys, we are in for a treat this week. And by a treat, I mean I need to talk about this film with someone. Because okay. it is it is such an experience uh, that we just got to go in there, all right? Uh, now, do we normally Let's do get started, then. 12 Degrees of uh, Tom Hanks? Uh, I think we do that after film context, too. Uh, right. So we go, we at least have named some of the actors 
that e- uh, that exist in this uh, prestigious film sure. um, so that we can then um, uh, make let those connections. first do something we haven't done in a while, give you a little synopsis of the film. Uh, Don Peyote, of course, uh, the story of uh, Warren, who is played by Dan Fogler, who you might remember from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, or his sequel, sequel Fantastic Beasts, colon, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, the second one was much worse than the first one. Uh, the Who is a kind of unemployed comic book artist who smokes a lot of weed, who, uh, after an encounter with a uh, homeless man who is proclaiming the end of the world, um, descends into madness uh, and uh, becomes convinced that the world is going to end in 2012. Yes. Uh, for anyone who uh, did not get the pun... Uh, like I didn't. Uh, obviously, Don Quixote is. Uh, I got this half. Uh, it's it's a parody of Don Quixote, the um, uh, Cervantes novel. Uh, but peyote is apparently a uh, psychedelic drug. I I, I, I actually I, I now feel like I'm sounding like the biggest fucking loser in the world. I think peyote is technically it's a kind of weed. Is it? I'm not sure. No, or is it I just a psychedelic weed. drug uh, in and of itself? Psychedelic. So it's like I, it's, it's a psychedelic it's, in and of it's itself. It's similar to so, uh, I believe it's similar to ayahuasca. It is traditionally used in um i believe several uh kind of like first nation native american uh like ceremonies uh often associated with kind of like shamanic um vision quest type things there you go Um, if you've ever if you've ever seen uh to give you an idea of what this film is have you ever seen that episode of the simpsons where uh where homer simpson uh has the extremely hot chili um it's essentially that if it was an hour and 40 minutes and created by people with no talent maybe to mean I'm, Wait, I, 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 I need to get out the way that I'm going to be mean on this podcast yeah we're gonna, so, we're gonna uh, flag this up right now uh the the standard uh hanks back a uh, blank spank disclaimer uh to create things takes efforts the results uh, vary know, from that congrats on you the know efforts. What? I, we're I, gonna talk, well, unfortunately especially in this film i don't think we're gonna hold back very much um, i i will i will all i will say is i'll add, an, add another disclaimer to that if you were in any way involved in the creation of this movie stop listening <laughs> just just save yourself the trouble um, and stop listening. What else can you tell us uh, about Tom Piote from 2014, Alex? Well, look, so Tom Piote, of course, filmed over three years, Jamie. All right, that's, yep. you know, you're making a small yep. indie budget movie. What you want to do is, of course, not just get everyone together, uh, you know, just, just you know, in one three-week period and film it all then. It starts filming in 2010, it ends filming in 2013, so it conveniently just goes over the entirety of 2012 when this film would have been relevant, uh, and instead uh, moves kind of fast beyond that. It was written by uh, Dan Fogler and Michael uh, uh, Canzaniero, who uh, Dan Fogler also, apart from starring in the uh, Fantastic Beasts films, uh, was also in the uh, 25th, I think he was in the original Broadway cast of the 25th annual Putnam Spelling Bee, uh, for which yeah. he won the Tony Award. Yeah. This film, weirdly, um, stars fucking a, a lot, like, has a lot of really good cameos, and Hathaway stars apparently as Dream Agent, uh, which is interesting. Uh, she's referred to in this as Truth, uh, at least in a yeah. uh, kind of title sequence for her, so I will uh, just refer to her as Truth as well. Uh, it also stars um, Jay Bushnell, who you might remember as being... Baruchel. Seth- Baruchel, sorry. Uh, you might remember as being Seth Rogen's uh, less successful Canadian friend. 
Um, uh, yeah, well, that's, let's that's a bit yes, mean. Yes, he's no, he's no, sorry, he is sorry, less sorry. he is less successful, yeah. but I think it's mean to characterize him that way. He was the lead in fucking How to Train Your Dragon. That's extremely successful. Sure, um, well, or if you yeah. or if you want to picture what this guy actually looks like, just, he's uh, Seth Rogen's friend in This Is the End. Yeah, he's like yeah. the the, the weird mean, straight guy in uh, This Is the look, End. Look, I again. I'm I'm saying this in relation. Uh, actually, this is going to bring up something which uh, I need to flag for later, Jamie. Uh, there is a friends thought uh, thought uh, hot sorry friends thought hot take coming for you uh, towards the end of this episode. Okay, okay. I, it's, I'm keeping it safe, but uh, it is coming. Okay. But yeah, like he's he's definitely less like he's definitely. He, if I, I would show yes, people, he is, I will absolutely of, say. If I would show people a photo of Seth Rogen yeah. and I show people a photo of him. More, much, many more people will be able to know who Seth Rogen. Yes, no, no, I fully agree with. That. I wasn't saying that it, the 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 factual statement of the less successful friend of Seth Rogen was not factually accurate. It just seems mean to characterize him that way when he's not unsuccessful. He's perfectly successful in Jamie, his own right. All people must be characterized in relation to the <laughs> success of Seth Rogen. All right, he is. <laughs> we, we, so, if, for example, a Tom Hanks. Is like two or three Seth Rogen's worth of success, all right? So he's worth. Two <laughs> so what you're saying is Seth, Ro- Seth Rogen is a less successful Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks, exactly. But we keep we like to keep it on like a base a base Rogen system in Canada. Okay. It's uh, you know it's it's very funny. Uh, if you talk to any Canadian ever, they will be able to name you all of Canada's uh, like famous celebrities, of which there's maybe twenty. So like when Dan Levy <laughs> became famous, that like increased the number like exponentially each time. It's it, it's great. Uh, of course, it also stars uh, in a cameo Wallace Shawn. Uh, apparently, yep. it stars uh, Topher Grace. I might have missed that part. Oh, did oh Topher Grace is Topher Grace is all, honestly the only good part in this film. Um, uh, and and in a very weird segment, I'm sad that you missed it. He plays well. He plays um, Dan Fogler's agent. Do you, do you remember that part? I will forgive you for not remembering specific parts of this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I will yeah, explain nah. to you. Uh, Okay. Uh, well, we'll we'll have a look at Tova Gray's part uh, at some point because it is weird. It also stars uh, Kelly Hutchinson as Karen. Uh, again, we're like ten years before people use Karen colloquially, so uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, but other than that, I'm trying to see if it's not any other people who were super famous. Mm. I don't think it no, did, not really. anyone of particular note. Uh, Josh Josh Duhamel, people might be aware of um, oh, uh, because he yes, he's in yeah. Thirty Rock, and then uh, he he starred in. Something with Dan Fogler, I can't remember which, um, uh, and that's why he's in this movie. Uh, Alexander, do you know why Anne Hathaway is in this movie? I assumed it was because someone in this movie is godfather to one of her children. Because close, uh, Dan Fogler and Anne Hathaway have the same manager, uh, oh, so so apparently he asked her, uh, and for some reason she liked the the idea. Uh, so well, one uh, thing clearly, I read, well, and clearly, I don't know if this is yeah. true. Um, well, not read. Unless it claimed to me that uh, all the cameos in this uh, were allowed to write their own cameos. Uh, yes. So, well, I, I have also seen something similar, which is from an interview with Dan Fogler, that basically he was like he he let people uh, work on the characters themselves mm-hmm. and a lot of improvisation. Um, which for Topher Grace's character is very funny. Um, uh, so we'll we'll have a look at that in a minute. Um, yeah, I, 
we should also talk about this we we cannot tell you how much money this made because oh. uh it was released in like five fucking cinemas uh, and then in 2014 i mean dan vogler he was ahead of ahead of the game he was releasing straight to vod in 2014 <laughs> my guy was a savant he knew where the industry was going um and has nothing to do with the fact that this limped its way to production simply because dan vogler is vaguely well known um anyway shall we dive into this one hour and 40 minute film. Oh, we should do Six Degrees of uh, Tom Hanks while we're here. Um, six degree, for people who don't know, this is our part of the show where we connect this film to our erstwhile season one star, Tom Hanks, by the game Six Degrees of Separation, uh, using actors who have starred together in movies. Um, I think I remembered there's quite a quick way, but it was a bit boring. Um, so I've gone for a different one. Um, I have no such composure. I can do it in one. Okay. Oh, can you? Yeah. Okay, go. No, 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 you go first and then I'll do more. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I've now completely lost... Oh, uh, Jay Baruchel to um, uh, This Is The End with Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is in Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is in... um, uh, Catch Me If You Can. can. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, Catch Me If You Can with Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. Fantastic. Uh, of course, uh, Wallace Shawn uh, voices Rex in the Toy Story movies. Uh, oh, yeah. So, of course, gets to, uh, naturally gets to uh, Tom Hanks through Toy Story that Time Forgot. Uh, of course, <laughs> uh, well, like third most talented episode. Don't know why, but there you go. Very good. Very good. Right. Um, I don't know how to do the plot of this movie, Alexander, oh, because I, in in all honesty, if even if I can't remember most of it, sure. and even if we tried to go through the plot for this, it would be a garbled mess. I, I'm going to try and hold it a little together, and we'll okay, okay, go for it. The film go begins uh, as all good films should, specifically telling us about the hundredth monkey hypothesis, which basically claims that I think that if you get a hundred monkeys in a room together, technology will advance once the hundredth monkey is there because they'll reach like a psychic consensus kind of thing uh i i can i can give you the specific quote that they give you uh, which is it refers to a sudden spontaneous and mysterious leap of consciousness that is achieved when an allegedly critical mass and i've lost it it's disappeared from my screen uh critical mass point is reached by some process currently beyond the normal scope of science fantastic jamie thank you for our scientific input from of course dr jones uh, you know, uh, maybe he has a degree in archaeology, maybe he has a degree in spiritual mind control, who knows uh, yes, so we kind of go in and we find Warren and his girlfriend Karen, uh, the voiceover tells us about how Warren is uh, you know, perfectly healthy, completely normal uh, just likes to smoke a shit ton of weed every day and watch conspiracy videos on YouTube, uh, and he's unemployed but he has money, and he's a comic book artist, um, which you know again confused at one point they're like he is neither poor nor is he rich and i'm like you are an unemployed comic book artist my man how much money do you have in the bank i am something like i okay yeah sure. I, I i can't i can't help but feel that to to be a comic book artist that is not poor you have to be quite successful as a yeah. comic book artist and therefore why would he currently be out of work exactly. if you are successful enough to have earned enough not even just be earning enough money to be comfortable, but to have earned enough money that if you weren't working, you would still be comfortable, then you're probably a really fucking successful comic book artist. Apparently the only, uh, you know, noteworthy thing about uh, Warren, of course, 
uh, is the fact that uh, he has interesting dreams. Uh, specifically, we kind of, uh, at the beginning, see uh, maybe the worst use of CGI in any film Oh, yeah, ever. it's terrible. It's really uh, bad. Where a uh, tsunami uh, destroys New York and flips him over. Uh, but and, and it's important that we note this at the beginning. Um, this entire movie looks uh, worse than than YouTube videos did in 2008. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely, like, absolutely. I, I could have bought a Sony flip cam in 2007 and filmed in better quality than this movie. Yeah, this, this is uh, a, a, a kind of abysmal. At this point, we kind of skip ahead a little bit. We see that his uh, girlfriend wants to get impregnated. Uh, fiance him. specifically. Fiance, sorry, apologies. His fiance both wants uh, him to get ready for the wedding, which is kind of, he's taking like three years to pick a date. Uh, and she yep. also wants to get impregnated by the schlub. And I've got to say, Karen, <laughs> run. Run now. You can't <laughs> see it, Karen. do better. But you can do better than this arsehole. You really can. The movie tries to paint her. I think someone described her as like an Apatow-esque girlfriend. I think that's insulting to Apatow girlfriends. Um, who gets treated <laughs> better than Karen does in this movie. Where Karen is stuck with this complete and utter schlub. Um... At this point, he then goes to uh, he then goes to he's going to a party. All right, he's described as he's going mm-hmm. to engagement. Um, a homeless man with a sign saying, "You know, 2012, the end is nigh," runs up to him, gets some like sweat on him, uh, which is implied to in- infect him, maybe in some way. We're not sure. And he then proceeds to uh, flee. You know, he, he kind of goes to the party. Uh, we have a brief sequence where um, he's in a black room talking to himself, and then puts on a clown nose. Yeah, it's very confusing why he then uh, goes to uh, the party, which appears to be like a party of comics kind of thing. Like everyone's wearing these kind of weird hats and stuff. It, I don't know if the, yeah. he's already meant to be tripping balls at this point, but someone gives him some uh, like weed, which is laced with I think he says kangaroo, like like laced with um, like wild beast kangaroo or something, like outback kangaroo or something like that. It's kind of weird. Um- Alexander, it it is at this moment that I want to point out the most wild detail I have ever seen in a movie, which is, and I want to be clear that this is a, I don't know what called, a fiction movie. This is not a documentary wherein you might see the feature I'm about to point out. But within this scene, Alexander, someone's face is blurred out. Because clearly at some point between when they filmed this in 2010 and when this came out in 2013... They did not get the rights to use this actor's image, or that actor retracted his use rights to use that image. And it's I just cannot understand it. I've never seen in a genuine, like full feature-length movie someone's fucking face being blurred out. And I was like 10 minutes into this movie, and I'm like, already I've thought, oh, this movie's pretty bad. But what the fuck is that? Um, so yeah, that 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 was a sign of things to come in this movie. It is yeah. So he then proceeds to uh, freak the fuck out, goes back home, um, where he is then assaulted by Anne Hathaway, who shows up. Yep. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't one of your classic Don Johns, all right. So already of the Don movies, all right, of her Don uh, two parts of maybe hopefully a trilogy at some point. I, I'm not sure what other Don she could do. <laughs> Uh, like Don Corleone, maybe like a like a you know Godfather midcool. Maybe she could be in that. I don't know, but I think that sounds pretty good to me. But uh, she then proceeds to uh, assault him, wake him up, and then tell him the truth about the universe. All right, she's a yes. Uh, so she, yeah, she's she's like ex KGB, ex CIA, ex everything, and she knows everything. She's apparently ended up. She was. She attacks him and then pulls out his passport. Realizes he's not who she was supposed to attack. So apparently she's not that good at a job. Uh, she is introduced as the truth, as you say. Um, 
Uh, and so she she is filmed in montage, you know, as if she's going crazy explaining all these things while the voiceover of Dan Fogler uh, explains that she is revealing all of the truths and he just lists off, rattles off every single conspiracy um, uh, that you can think of. Now, Alexander, I don't know about you, but if I'm Dan Fogler, and I don't mean to disparage Dan Fogler, but this is clearly a, a low-budget um, passion project yeah. uh, made by him. Jamie, uh, if, if I personally, if I personally were to get Oscar-winning actress... Anne Hathaway, and I managed to get her for for around about two minutes, three minutes of screen time, I personally would not spend 50% of that screen time speaking over her, where she is in complete silence and I am narrating over the only 60 seconds of me getting Anne Hathaway in my movie. Personally, I would want to use her potentially a little bit more than that. Um, but perhaps I'm being unfair uh, to, to Dan Fogler. Perhaps he, he sees himself as more important than Anne Hathaway in this movie. Here is my conspiracy theory about this. I okay. reckon they shot her in like 2010. So before... like This know, is like clearly she, before Les Mis. She's still got long hair. Yeah, she's got definitely before Les Mis. And then after that, she wanted nothing to do with this movie. To the extent that I am convinced, like, she is not on the poster for this, but they did get, like, Jay Baruchel, like, Jay Baruchel and Wallace Shawn... Like, their names are on the poster. Which uh, means... I think her name is on this poster, is it not? I don't think so. Uh, um, let's have no, a look, not the IMDb Dom. one. It's, the IMDb one is just Dan Fogler, Josh, uh, Josh Demel, Jay Baruchel. Oh, no, she is. Sorry, in yeah, very with, small with spe- writing. Yes, very small with special appearances by Anne Hathaway and Topher Grace. Okay, I apologize for that. But the fact that it's that small makes me convinced that, like, their agents had some words about not wanting to be associated with this film at all. That, yeah, like someone saw this. M- much like that small side actor who clearly just even didn't want his face in the movie. No, yeah, fair um, um, it is. Uh, oh God, yeah. You know what? You're right. You wouldn't talk over your soon to be a county award. Your, your biggest team. guest star. Like, um, I, uh, God, oh, it's, it's, it's yeah, sure. We then move into. Uh, he kind of talks about. He then proceeds to kind of go crazy, basically. And that's kind of the next yeah. sequence, really, is that he goes uh, a bit nuts. He becomes very paranoid um, about this. He gets tested by a lot of doctors and decides that he's going to make a documentary about 2012 and the end of the world. So he gets one of his friend in who is also smoking ayahuasca. Um, his friend. He goes by the name of Balance. Balance. Um, and together they start, like, interviewing people. Uh, that's kind of the sequence which kind of gets weird. He steals um, three grand off his girlfriend, I think both for checking, getting himself uh, seen by doctors, but also probably for making the documentary, uh, which his mm-hmm. girlfriend's like, hey, you stole three grand from like our joint account. Well, I guess not stole, but like you took three grand out of this account and I put all that money in. Where's the three grand gone? And he's like, oh, I went to go see some doctors. And she's like, maybe you should go see a therapist. All right. Maybe you need to see some, get some therapy. I think it's implied that he has previously seen a therapist because of delusions of grandeur before. Um, it's mm-hmm. slightly confusing. And he says, if I'm, if they say I'm crazy, will you still love me? And she goes, of course. Liar! Um, <laughs> we have a couple of sequences. Uh, it is mentioned uh, there is a, a type of human being who transcended being hopo, homo sapien, sapiens uh, and is now, in fact, homo sanctus, holy man. Uh, which, sure... Okay, who who basically doesn't have wisdom teeth? Uh, that's how you can tell they're Homo sanctus. They're never born with wisdom teeth uh, because they can just eat the trash of the modern world. You know, they don't need they don't need wisdom teeth for that. Uh, and uh, completely garbage. He then goes a bit nuts at some point and buys a gun. Um, 
which I, so he meets he so he meets Jay Baruchel. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm deliberately not as always. I do have the film. In, I have no, no. I do not want to. Sure. I have the film in front of me. I'm seeing you skipping it's, over 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time, and I'm like, I'm fine with this. Honestly, it's fine. He meets Jay Baruchel briefly. Uh, Jay Baruchel uh, is the drug dealer for uh, Balance. Balance. Uh, he kind of convinces him that like. He kind of goes on like a bunny bro rant where he's like, yeah, people say it's like black and white and like, you know, country to country that like divides us, but it's not. It's just rich and the poor. And, you know, there's some truth to that, but there are also other imbalances in the world, dude. Uh, he So he's kind of sounding a bit crazy. It's, you know, EJ Barrish is perfectly fine in this. Nothing bad at all. Um, we kind of skip ahead. He gets a, a gun um, because he's getting paranoid about the state of the world. He has some knife training. Uh, which is a bit weird. I don't know if it's now or if it's slightly afterwards. So I'm going to tell these two bits. I kind of know which order they come in. Um, but with the gun, he goes back home uh, yep. where he, we have a sequence where he comes in, he has a clown nose on. He kind of says to his girlfriend, you know, you're going to seize the world. The world is ending soon. And he comes back in and it's now clearly a dream sequence. Like it's a dark room. It's very eyes wide shut. Uh, his girlfriend is uh, having an orgy. Uh, and he's yeah. like, what is this? And he points a gun at her and he's like, you know, I, I can't believe you'd sleep cheat with me. And she's like, whoa, calm down, dude. And he's like, no. And then he threatens to blow his head off. But it turns out that he didn't have a gun after all. It was just his fingers. What? And his girlfriend wasn't sleeping with anyone else. He's just hallucinating. What? He then goes to see a therapist. All right. He goes to see Wallace Shawn. Uh, we, we also just, we do get uh, one of two songs in this movie for yeah. some reason. Uh, I can't remember what song that is, but uh, around about 40 minutes into this movie, which has not been a musical up until this point, um, Dan Fogel was like, oh, wait, I have a fucking Tony. Go get the Let's people go. what they want. All right. Give the people what they want, Jamie. We which is do it. bad musical theater pieces. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he, he has a song. He also goes to see a therapist. You are correct. He goes to see a therapist who's played by Wallace Shawn. Uh, the therapist is like, do you think you might be crazy? He's like, how can I be crazy? I know that the world's ending in 2012. Homo Sanctus, I'm next level, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and if none of this sounds funny, I don't need to pause here just to say, if none of this sounds funny, it's because it's not. Um, it's not. It's- in fact, you could watch this movie and really legitimately probably only see two maybe three lines where you're like oh i can see that that was trying to be a joke yeah it is difficult to i i i and, and i say this as someone uh who who has seen lots of bad comedies uh, and finds lots of things not funny and also finds lots of things that probably aren't very good funny but most of the time in a comedy even if i'm not laughing i can go oh okay they that's where they thought they were being funny that's where they've written a traditional joke structure at least and, and and it, it is very difficult to spot those moments in this movie uh, that is ostensibly supposed to be a stoner comedy. Um, Dan Vogler will tell you that it's, it's actually more of a dark comedy and this was his opportunity to show his acting range. Um, but uh, but I'm, I'm sure you're a decent actor in other films, Dan. He's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's fine in the Fantastic Beast movie. He's perfectly fine. He's not bad. Just do yep. more theatre, all right? Clearly, that's the space for you. Not writing, directing your own movie. You don't have to shoot nope. a bloody film. Um, nope. Hire a DP. Uh, or get a better one. Um, yeah. So, he, Christ. He then proceeds to get locked up in uh, a, a mental hospital. And they kind of assess him. Uh, his, his wife specifically... Oh, but his fiance, sorry. Uh, says specifically that she's calling off the marriage. That yeah. she can't do it anymore. Um, Fair enough. And yeah, he is, he is locked up in hospital. 
He then proceeds to meet uh, an old friend of his there who smokes some weed with him. Uh, he's going crazier and crazier. At some point, he decides to break out. He breaks out of uh, prison with uh, balance. Is also breaking him out of prison at the same time. So they kind of escape yep. together. Uh, uh, it is at this point that we have the part with Topher Grace. I don't want to talk about this part because it's weird. Um, as they are escaping, uh, Dan Vogel looks at us, looks directly down the lens, and he goes, "What? why are you watching me? You, you, I, I, you shouldn't be watching me. This is, you, you're so bad. And then it cuts to Topher Grace playing Dan Vogler's agent. Uh, and he essentially just goes, <laughs> you know, I've got... Some... It's really difficult when, when you're writing and directing your own work. Um, he, he really loves these, these indie films, but uh, you know, I've got loads of, um, got loads of other, uh, other, other roles out there for him. And, and, and you know, he's, he's going to be great in those, but uh, you know, he's, he's writing and directing this himself, so he only has himself to blame. And I found that relatively funny. But from the from the perspective, either either Topher Grace wrote this completely himself and Dan Vogler let him keep it in. But either way, from the perspective of Dan Vogler, the only way that joke works is if you know that the movie is bad, yeah. right? That's the only way the joke works. Or is it possible that in his brain he thinks it is good, but that joke works just because the movie is really weird? Which it is. The movie is extremely strange. And so maybe you think that joke works not because the movie is bad, but because the movie is really strange. But I just found it very odd to have this extremely self-aware moment of this movie is fucking awful. Um, and, and using that to play for laughs. Anyway, that was Topher Grace's, uh, one of two Topher Grace uh, moments. We actually come back to him at the very end, but I'm sure you turned it off as soon as the credits started rolling oh, and I oh, would not blame oh, 100%. you. 100%. Uh, uh, but yeah, so that, so yeah, he he, he escapes from uh, from the hospital, and we get that little shot with uh, with Sophie Grace, uh, and then he has escaped from hospital with balance. Sure. Uh, at this point, and I, uh, I, I have to remind everyone, it's very difficult to pay attention to this film because uh, oh, it's, so, it's like the least engaging thing. Um, to to reiterate something I was talking to us about last night, I tried to watch it on Friday. I, I promised that I would watch this after uh, you know taking some uh, legal uh, recreational marijuana. Uh, and I tried to, uh, and actually, I it literally none of it made coherent sense to me. I was watching, I was like, oh, I, I can't even structurally understand any of this. Like that, it is. Yeah. The and then you, you watched it sober, wa- and you were like, oh, it wasn't yeah. the weed. <laughs> no, you can't watch this on a substance. It will, it won't make, any, like it will just not function at all. And even sober, it is still um, completely nonsensical. I, I think I can get help you through the next few bits. He goes, he um, gets the he, wilderness. He, I can't how, like, yes, he he, en- he ends up in a cab to take him somewhere. For some oh. reason, the cabbie ends up kicking him out the cab. I no, is, um, it, is it that? I think he might have been. Mate, you, you can you can say is it that, sure. and I'm not going to be able to answer. That's fine. I think it's that he. So basically, he's in the cab with his friend, uh, and yeah. there's a cab driver, and that's like a cameo by someone who I don't know. Um, yeah. And then he kind of gets out of the cab, and the cab driver is now black, and he's now out in like um, upstate New York. I think it's that he's meant to be hallucinating his friend being in there and the other cab driver. I think. I'm not quite sure. Who cares? Maybe. Who um, knows? Anyway, he gets kicked out. Um, he ends up in a bar with some Spanish-speaking people. He gets kicked out the bar. It is unclear why. Um, he then changes. He's still in his um, in his uh, robe, but he manages to go to a clothes store, steals a, a coat. Uh, he makes a call uh, being like, oh, I miss my fiancé. Can someone please help? Um, it's, again, unclear who he's calling. Uh, he finally finds a train station, uh, and he's like, hey, woo, 
I want to go train. Give me train. I want to go back to New York. Uh, the guy's like, uh, this, this is a museum train. Uh, this, this is not going to get you anywhere. Uh, you have to go up over that hill, you know, like vision quests. Um, I'm not trying to be disparaging uh, of an actual um, Native American uh, well, no, but, rite of passage. Again, uh, hey, the this, movie is. Film, the movie is. So. Yeah, the movie is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. It has a sequence <laughs> where they stick him in a chieftain's headdress and have him going around a fire going, who are making a bunch of sounds, which, got to be honest, probably offensive to somebody. Like, yep, th- th- absolutely. I, hey, um, yeah. So he ends up in the woods and this movie actually manages to slow down for about 15 minutes um, because he meets Josh Dumal uh, and uh, whoever's playing Josh Dumal's girlfriend. I apologize to that actress. Um, uh, But they are people who live in the woods uh, and um, there's a 15 minute sequence of them sort of, you know, hanging out in the woods, walking together. Uh, They eat out of the trash. Um, But we get we get a very weird voiceover. Um, uh, of uh, him going, oh, Warren finally realized that, um, uh, well, he, he talks about how, oh, they're not really homeless. They're just, uh, you know, uh, living off the grid and whatever. And and Warren finally realized that you don't need material things to have happiness. And at no point previous to this has it been considered that this man was like an uber materialist capitalist that desperately needed material things for survival that point would make absolute salient sense if his character had any sort of arc where this would make sense as a resolution to it but it does not but they treat this as as some uh, big thing um he carries on hanging out with uh, with them again for about 15 minutes um i can't remember why he ends up leaving them um do you know why, Alexander? Um, I mean, they take some more drugs. I think they're migrating south. They, the, the, they yeah. are they are going south. So it might just be the case that they're moving further south and he wants to stay near New York, I think. Yeah. Um, he uh, ends up with a, with a literal tinfoil hat yeah. uh, that he thinks of as a crown. Uh, he ends up going into a bar. He's, you know, prophesizing about uh, all the things he knows. Um, uh, I believe, actually, somewhere around here we have... Cu- within the movie past 2012 i think they yeah. talk about how it they get past 2012 and and the mayan thing doesn't happen it's, it's and I, that frees him somehow i believe it's um when he escapes from the hospital he he had been there for three months and yes so, like so three it's months past. whoa i think um so yeah he's in he's in some sort of bar uh, with some men from the south for some reason um uh, and gets in a fight with them uh, and one of them just wails him in the face uh and this causes some form of um uh revelation this punch is 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 the thing uh we get some very weird objectification of women uh where where his mind revelation is just interspersed with four scantily clad women uh in I maybe culturally insensitive clothing I don't know it's it's not great either way uh, it feels like, uncomfortable, and they're all just fucking dancing. It's uncomfortable. Uh, it it yeah. reminds me of the time when I was uh, 17 uh, and at the Edinburgh Fringe, and uh, I could have went to the... It was like a, maybe like 10 o'clock at night, and this is pretty... Actually, looking back, maybe the only time I've ever done this at the Fringe just by living in Edinburgh most of my life. And uh, me and my, this mate kind of went to... Um, went up to, uh, like, Assembly Square. We went to go buy a ticket for something. We were like, we don't know what to get. Uh, and we, as we were walking up, there was... Um, a uh, trying to think of the, the correct word for this um, little person uh, dwarf 
who was kind of advertising uh, his show, and the lady went, "Why don't you?" You went to the ticket booth and were like, "Hey, what do you recommend?" And she went, "Why don't you go to his show?" And I went, "Sure." We ended up buying tickets to something called the Super Sexy Secrets Circus Show, um, which we went okay. We said they were like you eighteen. <laughs> And we're like, no. Oh, we, we didn't say no. We were like, yeah, sure. Because we, we were like, t- I, as tall as I am now, and he was taller. So they were like, yeah, sure, come in. Uh, turned out it was like somewhere between a freak show and a strip show where both I saw a man get like nails nailed into his back or something. Uh, and oh. also saw people strip with a bow constrictor. And as uncomfortable as that made me feel about sex for a while afterwards, uh, this too makes me feel uncomfortable with the amount of uh, women in uh, weird bikinis uh, during dream sequences with Dan Fogler. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, these, these women apparently cause his hundredth uh, monkey moment uh, and he is able to strip off his former uh, life and become Don Peyote. And how do you become Don Peyote, you might ask? Well, of course, you take your own blood and you smear it over your face in vaguely tribal-looking marks. Um, uh, he has now become Don Peyote, which means he will wander... The, he, 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 there's some sort of sequence where he's now performing miracles... In the worst green screen you'll ever see, he and five children uh, and and the parents, uh, he's doing a magic trick for them where he pulls a coin from behind her ear. Um, then another coin comes out and then just floods of coins come out. And the j- clearly they were like, look, it's a year after 2012. We need to get to the end of this movie. So the voiceover just goes, and after his last miracle, he got a little bit uncomfortable and went away for... Th- what is it like seven, seven years or th- oh, no, seven, seven years, months seven years seven years seven years oh yes it, it definitely is seven years because of what happens next um and and, and it's literally the fucking simpsons poochie fucking i have to go back to my planet um anyway so it's now seven years later he's now got an entire peace sign made out of his own blood uh on a big uh placard board and he's walking down the street he's got a massive beard uh and then he sees a kid outside of a restaurant and it becomes clear that this is well i i believe it, it is implied, intended that this is his child yeah so we see that uh, karen is uh over there with a new man uh the, the child he gives the child a coin uh, they can have this like unspoken moment kind of thing uh, um, the, the man the, goes the parents, to make sure yeah. that he, the kid has therapy we know what his genes are so it, it's very strongly implied that um karen was successful in getting impregnated by uh, dan fogler yep um and then Dan Fogler is now happy. And so we get the second song uh, wherein he is singing about uh, how good... Yeah, yeah, it's implied that he creates world peace. Um, that, yes, like, sort he, of. He goes world door to door singing his song and that creates world peace and there's no more global warming because everyone's like, yo, don't be over I'm just in the minds of our listeners. I've been listening to us garble our way through this for 45 minutes. And then you just... It's implied that he makes world peace. <laughs> and I wish I could explain <laughs> how true it is <laughs> and how bonkers that is. And so we get then the um, uh, the the credits. Uh, midway through the credits, we just get another clip of Topher Grace for some reason. <laughs> I, appreciate, I just appreciate that you watched... You just didn't hear the credits and you were like, fuck it, that's me done. You watched the credits. You were like, people worked for this. And I, gotta, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, and so Topher Grace, uh, who is still uh, Dan Fogler's agent, is just like, yeah, no, don't worry about, don't worry about this. I've got a really good like Battlestar Galactica reboot that he's going to be in, um, and then that's the end of this movie. Um, 
Let's talk about this film, Alan, Jamie. Let's talk about yeah. this film. Oh, before um, we do that. Well, let, let's do anagrams yeah. first. Um, I, I, uh, I so I've, I've got one that yeah. does... Obviously, this is the part of the show where we uh, make the title of... We make an anagram of the title whoa, of the, whoa, whoa, the Jimmy, film. We make uh, an anagram. Because of Anne Hathaway. Um, uh, of the title of this film. Uh, an attempt to describe the plot with that anagram. I've got one that doesn't really describe the plot, but it uses all the letters. So I'm happy with it. Right, um, uh, and I guess... Uh, this would be the the opposite of my advice uh, for this film, um, which is yo don't pee, uh, because Ooh. it is it is so not gripping that feel free to go and pee I, during this movie. Yeah. Take as many pee breakers breaks as you wish. So here's mine. All right, I want I, I need you to close your eyes and I need you to like yep. envision something for me. Okay. Yeah. You're in the editing booth. You maybe chuck. Mm-hmm. You know, your your maid Dan Fogler was like, look, I'm making this little indie movie. I know it's a big ass. Can I have like do you want to chip in like a grand all right the movie's going to cost like yep. 60k you'll get money back if we ever make any money and you know you're a, you're you're you you're a tutor you're struggling in london but mm-hmm. you say you know what i believe in my friend dan fogler he's a big star he's a big star mm-hmm. it's a guaranteed bet and uh because you donated money he says look i'll, I'll show you an early cut in the studio and he goes to the studio and he shows you the editing booth and uh he shows you his kind of like director's cut you can just turn to him at the end, you take a deep breath, and you go, not deep, yo. <laughs> uh, my final one uh, is uh, P.U., because this movie stinks. That's um, I like that one. Uh, right, Alexander, uh, who, who, would, would you give me the grace to go first? Yes. Um, we've seen a lot of bad movies uh, in, in this podcast, Alexander. You know, we, we've sat through Hoodwinked. Uh, we've sat through uh, d- d- every time we say goodbye or whatever that uh, we, we've sat through whatever that moon project was that, that Tom Hanks did um, and and this is not the worst movie that I have watched for this podcast this is the worst movie I have ever watched period absolutely end of sentence I this movie made me walk out and I was watching it in my own house and I wish that that was just a joke that I came up with. But it's not. 35 minutes into this movie, I was watching it with Alan. And we paused it to see how much longer there was left. There was over an hour left. And I got up and left my house. We had to go and do other things. I got it all prepared in my mind that I was just not going to watch the other hour of the movie. I was going to do a whole bit about how I always talk through the plots. And I was going to give you the grace of talking through the plot. And then I got a little bit guilty. So I came back and I watched watched another 10 minutes. And then I had to stop again. Because I couldn't fucking understand a single thing was going on. So I had to get a beer... And go and have a bath just to get through the rest of this fucking god-awful movie. This movie belongs in the fucking Hague. This is the worst... I, I cannot express... Uh, to, to, to explain it on a more uh, cinema critique level, the sound levels alone suck in this movie. There's multiple pieces of dialogue where you just cannot hear what they're saying. Um, this movie uh, is edited so fucking poorly that you cannot tell sometimes whether you are in a scene or whether you're in a montage and whether things are being told in a chronological manner. This this movie has the same level of direction as a grown man two beers deep filming his kid on holiday. There is, I, and I don't want to be, I, I do want to be too mean. There is so little artistic value or or, or creative value within this movie. 
and I am so angry that with my short amount of time left on this post-apocalyptic earth, I had to spend one hour and 40 fucking minutes spread over three watch sessions watching this absolute shit tier of a movie. And I'm done. I might come up with some other things, sure. but that's, uh, that's me for my, now. So I, uh, here's, before, before I give my opinion, I, I do have to ask something. Now, I'm very glad we have you on this podcast, Jamie. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hope our fans are very glad too. I mean, other than the fact that you've been on uh, every single episode we've ever done, save for the yeah. power hour. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, why am I important? Well, normally I'm interested because, you know, you're your number one Spaceball fan, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, you you are often uh, you know our insight uh, into a culture that maybe we don't understand and so too I will turn to you uh, this time for your degree all right Jamie of course yeah. has studied uh, Spanish at a university level and therefore I assume has read Don Quixote um, <laughs> so I have to ask because I've only ever seen Don Quixote uh, in ballet form how close yeah. is this to the plot of Don Quixote ah uh, Alexander you've forgotten a key thing about me. I can't read. I've <laughs> <laughs> actually never read Don Quixote. I've not read Don Quixote, I, no, I, which is bad. I love, I love that you have, like, there is not one book, like, there is not a book in English which is as emblematic, I guess maybe The Great Gatsby, not even, even not then. No. Where, like, no. Spanish language has produced many great novels, uh, like the, the work of Gabriel Garcia Marquez, um, you know, obviously fantastic, but I love, but it has one book which everyone's like this is the one everyone re-. like don't think you think it's maybe the second most published book in the world other than yes the yes it is um it is like 56 60 million copies it's more than harry potter it's it's the most read book ever uh, and you have a degree in spanish and Alexander, i cannot express you to you enough how much i pissed away my education <laughs> Point, Jamie, you're gonna to have to cheat to someone on Don Quixote. You're gonna be like, I'm just gonna read this. Yeah, I know. Um, um, yeah. So, give us your thoughts on, 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 on Don Quixote if I can't I, get my thoughts on I Don Quixote. We will uh, reiterate the disclaimer we put at the top. Uh, no, actually, I will change it. Uh, if you're down to Fogler and in a form of weird penance you decided to listen to this, don't. Um, please, please just stop. You know, very kind. Everyone have made this. You try. I mean, to, I mean try it's a bit late, Alexander. I said his movie belonged in the Hague. I think, I think if he's made it this far, we've already hurt his feelings enough. I mean, it probably hurt more when RogerEbert.com said that uh, this was the worst American movie of the year. It came out. Um, that's probably true. It's look, look. Um, it is hard to emphasize how bad this movie is. Jamie Jamie kind of got there. On this podcast, we've done films like Hoodwinked, which actually, weirdly, in quality, uh, this almost feels like comparable, except for the fact that Hoodwinked required you know several millions of dollars and yeah. lots of people to work on it. And it maybe doesn't look the best, but actually, to be honest, there are some jokes in Hoodwinked that I kind of like, you know? There, there are some funny bits in Hoodwinked which are kind of funny enough, and like it has a certain je ne sais quoi. Like, it's got a bit of a weird charm, despite the fact that it's so ugly. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, there are reasons why it could be like, yeah, you need to have a couple of beers and watch Hoodwinked. Sure. There is no amount of... We've tried. There is no amount of stimulants that will... Uh, or, or antidepressants or whatever, which will get you through Don Piose unscathed. Um, don't watch it high. Don't watch it drunk. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. It's... No, I, um, I, 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 can, I cannot think of 
ever any situation where anyone should watch this movie. You 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 could be presented with the choice of murdering your own pet and watching this movie and i'd have to be like sorry fluffy uh you, you gotta go i'm not putting myself through this again so um the what i will say is this i do as a kid i used to make a load of youtube videos not a load but like i try these youtube videos and i am a terrible i have terrible camera work it's yeah. by far one thing the thing i'm worst at i can't hold a camera for my life my hand's too shaky but um they were better made than this movie, and it feels and it feels very much and not in a you know in a whatever way. Obviously, this was the first film they directed together. Um, it feels like it's a subprime like student film, but not a good student. Like maybe a film which actually like you weren't so being film at film school. You were at like a regular university. And you're like I'm going to make a feature movie, and then you directed it. And then if you were sensible. You would look at it at the end and you go, that is a learning, that is a learning process. Yeah. I, like, We're not going to release this. I don't know, I don't know how this got picked up for distribution. It's my actual, it's my 100%. Thing. Because it's, Even though it had a very small amount of distribution, I don't understand how someone who has a career in the arts can watch the final cut of that and go, I'm happy with it. Let's put that out. Yeah. And and my, my honest guess is just that it had so many stars in it. This like cut rate distributor who basically their deal was we'll release you cinema like we'll release you in a cinema near your hometown whatever people can go watch it if you want and we'll stick it on DVD because we know give or take and maybe enough people will pick this up on DVD that like will make the whatever I can't imagine it's more than 100 200 grand to pay this film um, unless they paid all these amazing actors their actual rate but I, I assume they didn't um, it is so appallingly bad I do want to just quickly touch though on a thing you said which is true which is uh, you mentioned the sound quality um, yeah. A lot of films have weird shooting styles. Like there's cinema verite, there's like documentary style kind yeah. of stuff. It's, shaky camera is not in and of itself a bad thing. Like people actually, you know, it's it, it's a style, it's a look, and it can be. It's not here, but it can be a choice you do. The thing which always gives away this movie was made on cheap is the audio. Like it is, it is. Yeah, and that that's not knocking it. There are a load of like good indie movies where like the audio is not great. In fact, we talked. I mentioned it a couple weeks back. A film like Kill List, which was made for very cheap. Really good film. The audio is much better than this, but you can still tell that, okay, that's that's definitely somewhere where money was saved. Was, you know, they didn't do the kind of full recording, mixing, post-processing me- method for uh, for uh, the, the kind of the sound. And that's, you know, understandable. You only have a certain amount of money. That's okay. The sound in this is... One difficult to even listen to at times, like because it's hard to hear what make out what anyone's saying. Yeah, I mean, it, even especially, I, th- I think the worst culprit is the fucking Anne Hathaway scene. The Anne Hathaway scene specifically is really bad. I'm like, it's how? Very hard. I you've got on. you've got a you've got a goddamn Oscar winning actress in in your film. You've got like, and you can't even light or sound them so that they can be seen and heard correctly. Yeah, I think the final thing I'll say then is this. Uh, in Anne Hathaway's backlog of films, uh, we have now watched my least favorite bad film of all time. Uh, this is this is this is not. It is maybe no, the yeah, least favorite I, 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 I really want to make it clear when when I said that this is the worst film I've ever watched. I obviously went on to be slightly hyperbolic past that, but I was not being hyperbolic it, when I said that. This is categorically the worst film I've ever. And seen. and you know what, why that is, Jamie? That is because normally there is a barrier of entry to making films. Well, yeah. not even making films to seeing films and that is this film has to get distributed 
Um, so for the most yeah. part, you won't watch a film which is actually really poorly made because it doesn't get picked up. Like, it, you know, it will just kind of maybe release at a few festivals and then never go anywhere else. That happens and that's fine. It's something in the world. Sucks, it sucks for the people that happens to, but as an audience member, that's good. It provides a filter. And this is bypass that filter. It is a, a, a disease. It is a, a virus which is spread outside of uh, whatever should have caught it. And that's bad, guys. That's bad. Yeah. Um, what I will say, though, is that we've also watched the best, uh, or one of my like top five so bad it's good movies, uh, which, of course, is Passengers. Uh, and if you want to watch a bad movie, go watch Passengers instead. All right? Yeah. Go watch Passengers. No, no, 100%. 100%. Um. So let's let's get to our ratings. Um, I've I have said enough about this god awful movie, uh, so I will sum it up like this: um, The Room is a better movie than this, and I don't mean in a The Room is so bad it's good it's more enjoyable. I mean there is more artistic merit to The Room than there is to this, uh, and I I can't give this a low enough score for people who don't know we we. Uh, rate our films out of uh, five and Hathaway's performance out of five the America's Sweetheart Tometer how much of America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film uh, we then uh, I don't think we're going to do an Anne's Man's this week because Anne, Anne Hathaway does not have an, a rate uh, Al, Al it's I not I am putting down for everyone I am sorry but there is oh, implied sexual chemistry between no there them. isn't I hate you. No, you. Sometimes she and other can just not have a love interest. That's okay. That's allowed, Alexander. Um, and then we decide whether we're stashing away this film. Um, I, I literally want to go... We've gone into the negatives before. The only thing holding me back from giving this literally like minus fucking 700 is I do track the averages of this and it would, it would become quite a lot of an outlier. Um, so I'm going to just go as hard as I can in the other direction, uh, which is minus five. Um, it, this is just a, a fucking awful movie. So, so Jamie, it's actually at this point that I have to bring in our friend's thoughts. And this is a... Oh, okay. It's an anonymous friend's thoughts. Uh, you know, I want to protect anonymous. this person. I want, to, I want to protect this person. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah, maybe. No, no. If oh, if if you're about to say, if you're if you're about to express that someone holds an opinion that I think you're about to express. No, someone oh, has, someone has maybe conveyed to me uh, the fact that uh, you know, look, how you rate a movie matters. Okay. Okay. And hypothetically, in a system like mine, where we only give whole points. Uh, or even one where you want to give like a 0.5 or whatever, uh, that's yeah. fine, all right? Because what you're doing there is you're comparing it against the the idea of what like a platonic best movie should be, right? Like it's yeah. one is this is terrible and five is this is perfect. Yeah. What you've done by going to the 100th scale, uh, as they've expressed <laughs> to me, yeah, is what you and what you do every week where you position this relative to the other things. Yeah, is that you aren't necessarily. Uh, rating these movies so much as ranking these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can see that. I don't see any issue with that. You have created a... That, what, what that means, Jamie, is that we've done opposite things. I've, I have been <laughs> consistently rating and Hathaway movies. And you have... Uh, at the end of this, we'll be able to know in exact order what your favourite... <laughs> like, from beginning to end. And so I, I have to say, when we get to the end of this podcast, we're going to have to go through and see your exact order order of Anne Hathaway movies and figure out and the And then I can finally it. make the BuzzFeed article of my dreams. Exactly. I watched all Anne Hathaway's movies so you don't have to. Uh, it's definitely a funny one. Um, who did you, what did you think the criticism was going to be? Or was it that? Uh, I, I, thought, I thought you were going to have a friend's thoughts where someone was going to express that they liked this movie. Oh no, 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 no. Don't worry. That's don't why worry. you were protecting their identity. Also, mate, we don't have that many friends. I'm almost 100% I know who said that to you. <laughs> Sorry, 
<laughs> one of our friends gave an opinion about reviewing and you think you know who that friend is <laughs> quite possibly all right maybe he's even appeared briefly on the show before uh who knows okay. oh, don't give it away <laughs> let's keep the audience guessing um anyway uh so i've given this a minus five a whole number even if it is in the negative integers you fuck um, <laughs> what are you gonna give it so I, look, I'm going to be honest here. It's between a zero and a one. And it's, it's... I, I, okay. My issue is, so normally I reserve like, I normally I reserve ones for like, this is offensive. Um, The zero, I guess, is that like, I just don't think anyone ever should watch this movie. I will say that you have given two ones before. Which in are? This pod, uh, in two Anne Hathaway's movies, which are Bride Wars and The Other Side of Heaven. Oh, uh, and also Family Guy, but I'm not counting. I, it. I guess. Uh, I guess. And the... you have given you have given a zero, which, which was... is Havoc. Oh, this is worse than Havoc. Can I move Havoc up to a one and give this a zero instead? Because nothing else should be <laughs> uh, on that list. I'm, I'm not allowed. Whoa! Oh, sorry, sorry. Would you would you like some sort of system where you can rate things? Compared no, to each no, other. Right. Oh, right. Alexander, would you, you like are, to be able to be able to right. say that something this, is this better gets, than another? I didn't realize again a zero before. This gets a zero. Don't watch it. It's not. It's <laughs> in a rewatch of all of Havoc, at least in a rewatch of all of Hannah and Hathaway's movies, is more of a leading role for her. There is no yeah. reason for you to watch this. There is no, even though it's free on Tubi, there's no reason for anyone oh, to watch yeah. this. Oh, you had. To, I had to fucking pay for this shit. Al. Oh, this that shit makes it cost me three pounds fifty. Now you just own it forever. Oh, dear. Right. Let's let's No, I don't I don't even. I don't even. It cost me three pounds fifty to rent. It would have cost me four pounds fifty to own. Uh, and, I mean, look, and frankly least, I'm I'm glad. At least some money ends up back in Dan Fodor's pocket. Right. I would have happily paid more money to rent this than own it. So that I don't have it. So that I don't have the non prestigious um uh, category of owning this movie. Uh right, let's move on to Anne Hathaway's performance. She's honestly fine. She she's putting in a, a decent performance for what this needs. In fact, I I say she's fine. She's way better than anything else in the movie, other than Tova Grace. Tova Grace is great in this. Um, but um, did she she? I I guess we've we've previously said that an actor's choice to be in a movie especially at and Hath- this is a choice to be in this movie sometimes you yeah. know an actor gets a movie and they're getting money whatever we don't care about that um but this is a choice to be in this movie so i could rate anne hathaway's performance which is fine but anne hathaway's choice to be in this movie must be reflected as well uh so i'm gonna give this a 1.8 um yeah, similar lines. Uh, a two. Um, I wouldn't have had to watch this if it weren't for Anne Hathaway, and therefore I feel bad. Like it, it is just that thing where, like, hey, people cast well-known actors in movies because people go see the movie because of that. So we went to see this movie not because of uh, Seth Rogen's uh, sad Canadian friend, uh, not because of uh, Diana Fogel. We went to see this movie because of Anne Hathaway, and, and I, I do genuine believe there's there's very little of any artistic or redemptive merit to this film so like the performance is probably a three but because she's in this movie it's a two um and finally the uh, america's sweetheart oh, how much of america's sweetheart is anne hathaway in this film do you believe alexander oh zero 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 no no it's just uh, a movie, movie it's clearly no. yeah 
Do you know in, no, do you know in um, uh, America like successful people? There is a gag in season six of Community where Chang uh, like goes gets really famous. Like he, he's played Mr Miyagi in um, the production of uh, uh, the Karate Kid, uh, and he mm-hmm. goes on to um, become really famous. Uh, and he leaves and he becomes like the ham. Is he like becoming ham girl or something? He kind of goes like ham girl. Out. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. He, Abed though had began shooting a movie with Chang before Chang left and he has like tw- like 10 minutes of footage which they just want to fit into everywhere and then they're going to just like package this off and sell it because they can like make some money off the fact that Chang's in it that is exactly how this movie feels uh, but yeah. except it didn't work except no one really bought no. it no one saw it um, right I'm not going to put Dan Fogler in my Ant Man's list because that's ridiculous then they're, they're not a love interest uh are you going to, or have you been convinced? <laughs> no, I, here's my thing. I think there is, it's, it's for me, it's like, who is, oh crap, what even happened there? No. Oh, no. oh. What the fuck just happened? Oh, Alexander is having some no, computer issues. Oh. Oh no, I might have actually just deleted half my fucking list. No. Oh, uh, he deleted under... his list. Oh, uh, that's fine with me. I was hoping he was, I was worried he was going to have lost half this goddamn podcast. Oh no, no, and I would have oh, to talk wait, about no. it again. Uh, what's happened? Sorry. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's Control fine. Z, it's fine. Thank God. Control Z, No, it's not even that. Undo. I basically inserted a bunch of space into it. So look, here's the thing. Dan Fogler is in the list. Uh, I, you know, there is a, a sequence in which Anne Hathaway like karate chops him and then like squats over his face. Um, you know, so which is weird. <laughs> and and that's enough for a love interest for you. You know, there's there's definitely a je ne sais quoi there. Uh, in, you know, the, uh, but uh, yes, Dan Fogler is. Uh, the question goes to where does he come relative to the bottom of the list? And the answer is, you know, he's definitely worse than the Arctic Monkey Boy from Princess Diaries. He's definitely worse than James Franco from the Oscars. Yes, that's true. James Franco had more chemistry. Uh, however, as always, Jamie, still better than racist piece of shit becoming... So, alleged racist piece of shit, uh, Lawrence Fox from Becoming Jane. <laughs> so, yeah, he's now in at 37. He's in at 37. That list is too fucking long. Um, uh, and, and Alexander... Um... <laughs> Are you stashing away this film? No, no, no one should. No one ever should. No. You gonna, you are you? Are me? you going to do you it? Never, you never. No, no, I'm not. I was just waiting politely uh, for you to ask. Uh, no, uh, of course not. I think that was unsurprising to anyone. So, uh, of course, when we don't uh, stash away a film, we must decide something else to present to galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens. Um, so, Alexander, what, what, uh, because as always, I've never, fu- I don't fucking think, um, what, what are you going to present this I week? I watched two movies yesterday. I'm going to put the other movie I watched in. It's fun. It's a good four star, like, B movie. Like, it's very B movie esque, but I think you'd like it, Jamie. Uh, Wells Within, uh, which is directed by Josh Rubin, formerly of College Humor, uh, who also directed huh. the film Scare Me. Um, but, uh, it's very good. It is probably the best adaptation of a video game ever. Uh, it is probably the best video game movie, weirdly. And it's produced by Ubisoft. Uh, what, what's, in an adapta- what's in an adaptation of? Uh, so it's basically an adaptation of the game Werewolf, um, which oh, I quite cool. like, but Ubisoft had made a version of Werewolf like in video game form called Werewolves Within, so it's kind of just an adaptation of that. In reality, oh, it's, it's just got a bunch a, of people I like. Yeah, it's just a, a Werewolf Jackson, movie. Sam Richardson, Milana Weintraub. Yeah, yeah I might check it's, that out. It's fun. It, like I said, it's a B-movie, so like go into it with like expectations there. But like it's fun. And, you know, it's a... 
like Knives Out, but not as good, but still good fun and worth a watch. So I would say watch uh, Worlds Within. Thoroughly enjoyed it last night. Uh, it, was, it was a great Saturday night film. Um, not too scary at all. Uh, you know, a, li- a couple of jumps, but not, nothing scary. But I liked it. I spent all that time looking up Werewolves Within, and I wasn't thinking... Alexander, I'm going to put antihistamines. I suffer from uh, quite extreme hay fever. Um, In fact, while I was on my holiday last week, uh, my mother took us out to uh, a lovely uh, pub uh, and said there's a a nice two-mile walk that the the pub advertises. And it's a big loop. You you end up back at the pub. Uh, So we went there. Um, and and clearly during lockdown, um, because there were less people walking this path, uh, it, it had come slightly overgrown. Um, in that, uh, around about two hundred meters in, uh, I step over a um, what would you call those? The things where they've got the wood either side of the fence to, to allow you to climb over it. Come on, you grew up in the country. <laughs> I did. No, um, oh, it's not a style, is it? It's not a style. Um, not a style, but something similar to that. You know what I mean? I yeah. climbed over a fence. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. call it that. Um, and I just look ahead, uh, and there are just an incredible amount of stinging nettles either side. Uh, But there were people already behind us on the trail and it was already slightly overgrown, so it was very narrow. So I spent the next uh, hour of my life just head 45 degrees downwards using a bag because I was wearing fucking shorts because I'm a moron, like trying to bat um, sticking nettles out the way all the while fucking four foot of grass either side of me just deeply penetrating my sinuses so every time i sneeze i have to be careful that i'm not going to accidentally convulse myself into an entire fucking bed of stinging nettles and i felt so bad for my mum because of course she didn't intend it but she felt very guilty but i had to just feel like look mum i'm not gonna suck this up i'm not gonna pretend that i just enjoyed myself that was the worst fucking experience i'm gonna have for the next two weeks until I watch Don Quixote. Um, so that is why I am presenting um, the life-saving drug. Uh, ex- except it's not that effective, really. Um, antihistamines uh, for helping me slightly get through uh, the horrible pollen season. Um, so, Alexander, uh, that is us for this week for Don Quixote. We now have to discuss uh, on air, because I can't be bothered uh, to do it off air, uh, what we're going to watch next week. Because uh, if we were to go for the next uh, film, uh, it would be Interstellar. Very big fun. Very big fun there. Uh, however, we have in the past reviewed music videos, uh, and Dear Anne Hathaway appears as um, uh, casted as man uh, in Jenny Lewis's Just One of the Guys. So, Alexander, I will leave it up to you. Will we be reviewing next week Interstellar or the music video of the artist I have never heard of, Jenny Lewis? Uh, one of the guys. I am going to say, let's keep the Jenny Lewis video for a week where we need to uh, maybe record two uh, and do a <laughs> okay. shorter one. And we'll watch Interstellar because I want to. And you know what? I can't remember much about Interstellar, but um, you know, it is, it is a film about um, someone being far from home and not being able to see their loved ones a long time. So I guess I guess we're going to see whether or not I cry a lot. Like, that's going to be fun. <laughs> that's going to be super uh. fun. So join us next week uh, to review Interstellar and join us maybe in a few weeks time sometime in the next few months uh, to review Jenny Lewis is just one of the guys. Uh, But in that meantime, Alexander, uh, what can they do? Sheeple, you can wake the fuck up. That's right, guys. You can open your eyes and like Don Quixote himself, man, give peace a 
not sure why it went really for a Jamaican accent. Give peace a chance, all right? Uh, you can uh, get give peace a chance by fighting back against the aliens. That's right. To bring peace, we must bring war. How do you bring war, you might ask? Downloads. Sweet, sweet downloads. Bring people back from the dead. Talk to people about the podcast. Tweet about us if you can. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate that. iTunes reviews incredibly useful give us a five stars on spotify if you can still do that uh you know talk about us to your friends uh just re-download every episode ever uh spread the gospel <laughs> like don pio say paint stuff with blood don't do that not human blood and not your blood no one's blood <laughs> uh, normally i would try to come up with some level of uh light-hearted whimsical joke uh, to end us on here, uh, but Don Peyote has sucked out all the creative juices that I have left in my withering body. Uh, so from me, Jamie, and my co-host Al, that is one more ep in the bank. Wake up, people. Don Peyote's watching. Never again. I'm never watching that film again. No, no, no <sighs> never again. Awful. Never again. Awful. God awful. Terrible. <laughs> Screw you, Dan Fogler. Blank spank. <laughs>